0: God is good. And all the time. Well, it's good for Linda and me to be with you again this morning. We've worshiped here before incognito, sort of under the pews someplace. But what a joy to be uh, in the house of the Lord and to be feeling the spirit that's moving in this place. We're just delighted to be here this morning in this in-between Sunday. Uh, you know, in-between. We all are living in-between. Uh, and uh, last Sunday, I know you had a great Sunday down at the lake. Uh, praise on the lake. We've been there for that worship on other Sundays. Didn't get there last Sunday because we were in North Carolina. I was down there preaching to the United Methodists gathered at Lake Junaluska. And uh, But we uh, tuned in and heard what Brother Dan had to share with you, and so I know you, you still have a heart full of love and, and grief uh, and, and worrying about transition, uh, and this is the In-Between Sunday, and next Sunday, why, uh, Bill and Kristen will be here, and uh, it will be, uh, it'll be great because the Lord will be here also again and again, and again. So I'm, I'm grateful to be able to be here in this In-Between Sunday. Uh, I also want to thank Mike and Suzanne and all of those who have been so gracious in hosting us. Uh, it is uh, a joy to be able to, to know that there are persons who are stepping out. We had a prayer team this morning, and, and Brother Bemis, I said, Bemis, Bemis, that has a familiar ring. <laughs> was here even as his generation has been in this territory since 1790. Did you know that? My goodness. God and God's love and God's glory and generation after generation, we give thanks to God. So I want to share with you a a little bit about what it means to be in between. All of us are living in between, actually, in between yesterday and tomorrow. Every one of us is living in between what was and what is to be. Every one of us is living in between maybe a last job and the next job. Uh, living in between relationships. Living in between a belief, faith, and doubt sometimes. Every one of us lives in between. Maybe you're living in between health. And the yearning for physical wholeness. Maybe, maybe you're living in between uh, uh, some great experience you had of Jesus years ago. And you're looking to know how the Holy Spirit is going to come for today and for tomorrow. We're living in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. We are a people in between. Whether we're talking about this church and what's going to happen in this transition... Or you're talking about your personal life. I want us to think about how Jesus is there yesterday, today, and the book says forever. In all, all the tomorrows. So here is uh, the word that comes to us out of the 13th chapter of Hebrews. And I think we'll have that up on the screen. It's out of the, the latest translation, you know, lots of wonderful translations going around, but the, the Common English Bible is, uh, is a recent uh, translation, and I want to uh, just commend that to you. It, it's um, uh, available uh, in many places now, and, and uh, it's been done by a number of translators from throughout the ecumenical community of the Christian church. Uh, but you can use your pew Bible. I think the NIV is in the pews, and you'll, you'll get the same word. Come with a little bit of different nuances. But I want to read this out of the 13th chapter of Hebrews. And let me just set the scene. This is right at the end of, of the book of Hebrews. And, and the writer, some think it was Paul, some think it maybe was someone else. But the point is, these were Christians, who, uh, uh, many of whom had been Jews, thus to the Hebrews... Uh, they were in between, moving from their old expressions of religion into the new expression of how God had come in Jesus Christ. And some of them were getting there and some of them weren't. Some of them were wondering, well, what's all this have to do with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, this new Jesus, and, and, and where are we going with all of this? And as, as the writer of the book of Hebrews comes near the end of the book, here in the 13th chapter... Why, he gives some instructions. Last, last week, Dan talked about the final benediction. Well, in a sense, this is the final benediction uh, in the book of Hebrews. And so here is what the writer says as, as these Hebrews, as these people who had, had a great past in terms of their own faith, were preparing for a new future in terms of the faith journey. Dan talked a lot about the point of change <laughs> These folks were deep in the point of change. And here is what God said to them through the writer uh, of this book of Hebrews. Listen to this. It's meant for us here too. Keep loving each other like a family. Isn't that a great word? Now, we'll talk a little bit about what it's like to be a family. (laughs) Remember, it's not all all perfect, right? Uh, but keep loving each other like a family. Don't neglect to open your home to guests because by doing this, some have been hosted, have hosts to angels without knowing it. Isn't that a wonderful anticipation? You've been signing up, some of you, uh, for welcoming Bill and Kristen into your homes and getting to meet them. Uh, you may find angels fluttering about in those meetings. Uh, Don't don't neglect to open up your homes to guests or in some other translations it says strangers because by doing this, some have been hosts to angels without knowing. Remember the prisoners as if you were in prison with them and the people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. Oh, I saw that ramp. Uh, don 't forget those who might be imprisoned in their homes because of disabilities don 't forget uh, and as you get down to Peru, those who are being mistreated in that part of the world. Uh, Jesus is there in the poor and in the hungry and in the stranger and in the prisoner you remember matthew twenty eight don 't you so So here are those those kind of instructions and then then the writer goes on, Marriage must be honored in every respect. With no cheating on the relationship because God will judge the sexually immoral person and the person who commits adultery. Your way of life should be free from the love of money and you should be content with what you have. How are you doing at that? (laughs) Being content with what you have. After all, he, God, has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Remember, your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith as you consider the way their lives turned out. And then here's the key text. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just bow for a moment of prayer. We thank you, God, that you're here. You were here yesterday. You were here in 1790 when the Bemises came into this area. Uh, You were here long before that. You're the same in your love and grace and power as you were at the very dawning of creation. And so here today, we gather in between, yesterday and tomorrow. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may also be confident and ready to walk into t- tomorrow trusting in Jesus. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, yesterday, let me say a word about yesterday. Uh, you were down at the lake last week. I, I The first picture uh, of me at Chautauqua Lake was when I was six months old. And my folks were standing on the cottage grounds that they had just bought at Chedwell. And uh, they were hold- my mother was holding me in her arms. It was VJ Day. Any of you uh, remember VJ Day? <laughs> it stood for victory in Japan. The horrors of World War II had just finished. And, and my father, who was a preacher, had uh, been serving in Greenville... Pennsylvania, where there was a camp for the service persons who would be leaving the U.S. to go and fight overseas. And he had many stories about how, how people came with great fear about tomorrow in that place. And then they would gather for prayer meetings, just like you gather for prayer meetings here. They would gather for great worship, just like you do. Well, they didn't do it quite with the screens and everything. But, but the, they came together with the same heart, open to Jesus Christ. And, and, and how it was God that had seen them through all of that horror and, and all of that that seemed to be pulling the world apart in the middle of World War II. And, and there, finally, as peace was starting to come, at least for that era, There I was born, and they stood by the lake and had me in their arms, and in the background is the lake. The picture still hangs on the wall in our cottage. Yesterday, Jesus was there. And across the years of my life, there's been many times I've sat by the lake, haven't you? Looked out across that lake and imagined generations before, And imagine that even before there were any human beings in this area, God's love, God's creative power. God was in the stars and in the firmament. God was there to to take all the uh, in-between, in-between summer and summer. Man, you get it here, in-between summer and summer. It's called winter in case you've forgotten already. (laughs) And God is there. God's love and the changing of the seasons, all those changes that come that we're in between, God is there looking out across all those waters. I, my, uh, my father's associate was a fellow by the name of Rod Croyle in, in the church in Grove City where he w- was then serving a little later. And some of you may remember Rod. Anybody here remember Rod Croyle? He was your pastor in the late 50s. Rod and Dolores, I remember them as a young person. I remember his his prayers were so powerful. That's the main thing I remember about Rod as a young person. I loved to go before the altar as Rod lifted up prayer before the Lord. My young heart was touched by what it means to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do you remember those kind of? persons that have taken you that's that's what the writer of hebrews says he says remember the leaders who brought you the word of god imitate their faith and so we remember and we honor dan and sherry we remember Rod Croyle many years ago. We remember all of those that have come here and been a part of, of, of celebrating and giving the word of God in a way that your life and my life has been touched and changed. God was there yesterday. Jesus was there yesterday. He's here today. He will be here forever. Praise the Lord. Is there a praise the Lord in the house? Praise the Lord. You can say that to an old bishop. That's okay. Amen's okay. One of my favorite songs Amy Grant sings. Uh, we have a on a CD that goes around with us as we've traveled all over the place, all over the world. Uh, and you may remember this song. It wasn't one of her more popular songs, but I love the words of it. Do you remember the time your heart was moved to tears? Do you remember that moment? After all these years, when love broke through and heaven seemed so near, do you remember the time your heart was moved to tears? And then it goes on. Do you remember the day you first let Jesus in? Do you remember the day you first let Jesus in when he gently and tenderly washed away your sin? Don't you know that he still cares like he did back then? Do you remember the time you first let Jesus in? Take just a moment and remember the first time you felt that love breakthrough. Yesterday. Yesterday. Remember that time you started to gain confidence that that God was walking with you, that Jesus was there, that you were not alone, and, and that whatever the world was bringing in between what seemed to be so good in the past and what were the challenges that were coming. You remember yesterday when finally you first let Jesus in to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that you are his own. Do you remember? Yesterday, Jesus. My father's first appointment was in Bustai. Any of you know where Bustai is? <laughs> I expect some of you do. <laughs> the little federated church over there, Baptist and Methodists. My mother, who had just married my dad, had been a Baptist. And uh, so when she came, she joined the Baptist side of the congregation. Dad came as the Methodist preacher, and that church has never been so happy. <laughs> yeah, both a Baptist and a Methodist there. Anyhow, about ten years ago now, I went back just on a Sunday morning when we were up here to visit the Busti congregation and went in and uh, the pastor was greeting people at the door. And so I just mentioned to him that, that I was Pete Weaver and that my father, also called Pete Weaver, <laughs> had served that congregation from 1934 to 1936. And so, in the course of the worship, why, the pastor indicated, <laughs> excuse me, indicated that I was in the congregation. And after the service, why, there was a woman who, about 92 years old, who came up to me. And she said, oh, I remember your mother and father. She said, we were about the same age, and your father married my husband and me. And we spent a lot of time together. She said, as a matter of fact, your mother was the first woman that I ever really knew who drove an automobile. (laughs) And your mom helped to teach me how to drive a car. And she said we went through some rough times and she described those. And she said it was in that time that my husband and I really gave our life to Jesus. And then she said, when your folks left... I cried. But then I knew Jesus was still there. And then a big smile broke out on her face, 90 tears old, and she said, and Jesus is still here in Bustai. <laughs> well, if Jesus is still in bus Ties, surely Jesus is still in Bemis Point. And you've had some tears, of course. But, The book says Jesus is the same yesterday when love first broke through, and he's the same today, and he's the same forever. So yesterday. Think about yesterday. The writer of Hebrews in the first verse of the 12th chapter right before this, you remember, says, Therefore... We are, clo- we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You remember that part just a chapter before. That's, that is yesterday. you got Dan, you've got Cherry, uh, Sherry is cheering you on. <laughs> you've got all of those that have been meaningful to you in your walk of faith. We are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, run the race that is set before you. Looking to Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith today, today. And so here in the 13th chapter, coming to the end, the writer of Hebrews turns his attention to talk about how we live today. Remember your leaders who shared with you the word of God. Imitate their faith, but do it today. It's not just all about yesterday, is it? It's about today. Do it today. Love each other like your family. I love that, don't you? Because at least the families I've been a part of aren't perfect. (laughs) Maybe you are, but uh, love nonetheless has, as uh, Eugene Peterson translates it someplace else in Scripture, in one of Paul's letters, uh, love ought to have the run of the house, Love each other like your family. That is, forgive each other. Be there for each other. Even when you're having a little struggle, know that love conquers all. Are you with me? Amen? So, congregation, I know you've been through a lot. Dan and I have prayed about it. We've talked about it. Your bishop, Mark Webb, who was one of those who helped me invite me to be here this morning. And United Methodists all across this great region, are praying for this congregation because you have a powerful witness. You are a great church because you have a great Lord who is the Lord of what? Love. Say it with me. The Lord of love. So love one another like your family. Uh, you're going to have your struggles. You're going to have your tensions. But, but love the other. Be there for each other. Dan, in the sermon last week, talked about extravagant love. That's what we need to be showing for each other in this congregation right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Love like your family. You are. You're the family of God. And others outside are going to be looking at how you negotiate today this transition. Love, love strangers who are coming. Now, I don't know how strange Bill and Kristen are, but <laughs> I actually don't even know them, but I've, I've communicated with them, and, and, and I know they're looking forward to meeting you, who are mo- mostly strangers to them, and they to you. But the way we, we move into that transition is for today, for us to begin to exercise that love for Bill and Kristen as they come, and... And you may discover angels fluttering around, as I said earlier, in the midst of it. Uh, Don't forget the prisoner. Send somebody on down to Peru. Go on out to the prisons. I know you're in a lot of powerful ministries. Be there for those who are mistreated. That is, the mission work that this congregation does is tremendous. And as Mike was saying, it's at the heart of what it means to be the Church of Jesus Christ. So, 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 reach out. Continue to that reaching out. Uh, and then, then the writer gets into the commandments. Don't forget to discipline your lo- uh, your life uh, around marriage, around adultery. Uh, remember the Ten Commandments. Begin to today live it out in the place you are. Don't don't get caught up in the love for money, but be content. The writer says, Be content today. Today. Don't say, Well, wait, I'm, I'm going to wait till my bank account is such and such a place to be content. Don't wait and say, I'm going to get that new house and then I'll be content. No, no, it's not in the things, is it? It's in the spirit that we find the contentment. The writer's saying, Be content here in the current moment. Be content. I was. Uh, Linda and I were uh, preaching uh, for the Oklahoma Conference right between the two tornadoes. The tornado had hit Moore, Oklahoma. You remember the scenes of that on the news? Uh, one week later, on that Monday night, I was preaching to about 2,000 people who had, many of whom had lost everything. Everything! You saw it! Gone! And there was a contentment in the faith. They were living today in faith and in love there in Oklahoma. Uh, I preached a couple times, and, and then Friday the second tornado hit and took additional lives. And you know all the stories. I could take a lot of time to tell those stories. I'm not going to do it. But, but one I do want to tell you is about the teacher who was in that little elementary school that got wiped out. She said as the tornado came, she said, <laughs> She said, I didn't know what else to do. We got the kids under the, under the desks. That wasn't the protocol, but it seemed like the right thing to do at that moment. And so they, they got all the kids under the desk. And she said, "She said, I needed to keep them, them focused on something other than this tornado that was bearing down on them. And she said, all I knew how to do is to start to get the kids to sing. And so they started to sing songs, and one song after another. And then one of the little boys under one of those desks, as the tornado was bearing in, said in a little voice to the teacher, do you suppose we could sing Jesus Loves Me? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. It's in the present tense. Jesus loves you right now. Oh, yes, do you remember? When love broke through. But Jesus loves you and this congregation right now. Whatever you're feeling in between, Jesus is there. Whatever is the tornado of life, the storm that is crashing in around you, Jesus loves you. Do you believe it? Do you know it? Jesus is the same yesterday and today. He's going to be with this congregation today. As you live out what it means to love one another as family, as you do your mission work, live it out today today. Jesus loves me. And then as we got to communion in that service, that first service, there in the, the, the great sanctuary we were in, as, a, as one man came up to me, he took this band off of his arm and he gave it to me. says, God is big enough. Whatever you're going to face today. Church, Whatever you're facing in between, God is big enough. Amen. Amen. And then finally, just a word about tomorrow. They were un, they were unclear with me, Suzanne, about the time I have to finish by. You... About okay, about ten minutes. She said it, not me. <laughs> you want to vote on that? We got ten more minutes. But <laughs> well, we got to talk about tomorrow, don't we? We're living in between. The first coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. We're living in between birth and that transition, the big transition, we call death or the doorway into eternal life, eternity. And so the writer of Hebrews turns his attention finally to a word from yesterday for tomorrow. It is Genesis 28, verse 15 that he quotes. And it's right there near the end of this passage. He quotes, he doesn't say this, but he says, we're going to be confident because he, God, said, I will never leave you or abandon you. I will never leave you or abandon you. That's Genesis twenty-eight fifteen. It's Jacob. <laughs> oh, Jacob. Oh, if we had the time to tell that story again, huh? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had just, you know, stolen the birthright from Esau. Deceived his father. I mean, you talk about treating each other like family. I mean, that's just an illustration here. <laughs> You've got to connect those dots because those who are reading Hebrews, they know those dots. When they quote, uh, and they had confidence because he said, I will never leave you or abandon you. They knew where that was coming from. It was coming from the story of Jacob setting out for Haran. And he had just swindled his brother out of all the birthright and and he's on his way to Haran and all of a sudden at the place uh, in the middle of the night he has a dream. This isn't the latter dream that we all sing about. This is the first dream he had when God comes to him and says, you got to get going the way I want you to go into the future and I will future tense. I will not leave you. Is there an amen in the house? I will not abandon you. Even given the schmuck you are. <laughs> I will not leave you. And then the writer of Hebrew remembers again. Psalm 118. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I will not be afraid. There is some fear, isn't there, about going into tomorrow. Whether you're going down to the doctor's office to find out the diagnosis. Whether you're facing a job interview tomorrow. There is some fear about tomorrow. But (laughs) why should we fear? Why should we fear? The God who was there yesterday in Jesus is here today. And if we live out the life today knowing that God is enough, big enough, we'll know that God is big enough tomorrow. For whatever happens in the life of this congregation, Jesus is not going to leave you. Amen? Jesus didn't bring you this far to abandon you. <laughs> he will be your helper if you'll allow him to help you. Do not fear about what is coming, for Jesus is there. Let me close with this story. I, I was blessed. My longest pastor was in downtown Pittsburgh, had an old city church that was going down fast in terms of uh, membership and so on. Matter of fact, there had been a prediction the church would close uh, within 10 years of the, when this study was done. I was appointed there seven years into that 10-year period. <laughs> Great appointment. And uh, <laughs> well, it turned out I stayed there longer than any other place. I, I was blessed The pastor 11 years. This, this church, which uh, those of you who know downtown Pittsburgh, it sits on Smithfield Street Church. Smithfield Street, right down in the heart of the Golden Triangle, there are three churches that were given William Penn land grants, like the Bemis family was given a land grant here. They were given a, a William Penn family land grant in 1782, and, and the Presbyterians are on one spot, and the Episcopalians on another spot, and, and, and Smithfield Church is on, on the other spot, land grant. They'd been there a long time. God had seen them through all sorts of ups and downs for over 200 years, and they were trying to figure out what was next. They knew that they were in between. They knew that something terrible like tornadoes seemed to be tearing them apart, and they were going down. But, but you know, God is there, and God surprises you in a variety of the ways, and I won't go into that long story except to say that when you keep your eyes open, tomorrow God is going to be there. Keep your eyes open. Jesus is going to be with you. And that congregation discovered right on their own doorsteps women who were homeless trying to find shelter in our doorway. Here, doorway. You can open the doors, you know, and welcome people in. And and that congregation made that commitment to do that. They didn't know where it was going to lead, but they knew Jesus was in that. And so they welcomed in first shelter for homeless women in the city of Pittsburgh. And and eventually that congregation began to grow, both because of persons who were homeless joining the church, those who were mistreated, those who were imprisoned and addictions and all sorts of other things. Welcomed in, welcomed in. They came as angels. They came as angels. Transformed that church. My life as a Christian. They came with a faith story to remind us that God is with us, even when we, when, even when we, we robbed our brother of his birthright, even in the midst of the deepest sin, God is there. Jesus comes with love for love to break through. Do you remember the time you first let Jesus in? Well, I'm going to start to preach now. Uh, One of those women who came to be with us, we'll call her name Joyce. Uh, She'd been beaten up. She was in her mid-40s. She was between one horrible thing and another for all of her life. And one Sunday after church, Joyce came up to me and she said, You know, Pete, for the first time in my life, I know I am loved. For the first time, mid-40s. She said, you know, (laughs) she said, every time I come in here and and I'm smelly and I'm angry, she said, somebody comes up and put their arm around me and says, Joyce, how are you doing this morning? You know God loves you and we love you. Have you ever had that happen to you here in this place? And she said, every day when I go out to look for a job and start to get my life together, I know that Jesus goes with me and loves me. We almost broke into singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And so I can go with confidence. And she said, I, You know, I don't think I've ever been baptized. Would you be willing to baptize me so I could give my public profession of faith? And I said, Sure, Joyce. Uh, and so that Sunday came, and and she came down the center aisle. This is a great cathedral building. Even though they were down to nothing in terms of people, this building, seven-story building, all of it church facilities, a huge sanctuary on on the fifth floor of that that church building. If you ever in Pittsburgh go visit it, they come in tour buses to see the place. And and uh, and here came Joyce in her in 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 her her old clothes down to this big old baptismal fountain that had been brought from Europe, one piece of carved Italian marble with a huge ba- uh, bronze lid on it. Uh, and the ushers had come down, and there were two ushers took two ushers to lift the bronze lid off of this baptismal fountain. This was a heavy baby. Well, and our ushers weren't too strong in that church. but. <laughs> They'd come down, they'd taken it off, they'd they'd taken the silver pitcher and they'd poured water into the baptismal fountain. And here came Joyce, you know, down to that baptismal fountain. I asked her the historic question that's been asked in this congregation for generations. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And the question just kind of hung out there in the silence as if it were the most important question in the world. But then, sisters and brothers, for anybody who's in between, for anybody within the sound of my voice, for anybody who yearns for life and life abundant, for anybody who's looking for a new future, it is the most important question in the world. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Savior of your heart, the Savior of this congregation, the Savior of the world? If you believe in that, it will make a difference in terms of how you live today and live tomorrow as a congregation. Joyce began to answer, yes, 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 yes. She couldn't stop answering yes. I hope you can't stop answering yes. We splashed in the water and baptized her in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then she turned around to go and sit down in the congregation. And all of a sudden, she pivoted back around. She said, Pete, do you mind if I sing something for, for you? Well, now, you need to understand two things about that congregation, unlike this one. One is that they had a bulletin where everything was lined out and timed out. Some of you have been to those kind of churches, haven't you? And I saw where where Joyce was supposed to be baptized, uh, but on the bulletin, I didn't see any place where she was supposed to sing. <laughs> and the other thing you need to know about that church is that like a lot of downtown churches all across America, they'd had nothing but paid professional musicians provide the singing. None of this is volunteer stuff. I mean, they had, you know, top-notch singers, yes. <laughs> And so I didn't know if the congregation could handle amateur singing. And then all of a sudden, Mike, wherever you are, I didn't didn't know whether Joyce could sing or not. (laughs) But sometimes we can let the Holy Spirit move in the United Methodist Church. Amen? And so I said to Joyce, sure, come on and sing for us. And she came down and pulled up her blue jeans and sat down at what's the big Steinway Concert Grand Piano that's in the front of that sanctuary. And she put her dirty fingernails on the keys and she started to play and to sing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, then life is worth the living just because he lives. Oh, sisters and brothers, we're in between. But Jesus is the same yesterday and today. Live it. And tomorrow. And because he lives, you and I and this congregation can face tomorrow. All fear gone. I'm going to close with an invitation, and we're going to sing that hymn. But I'm going to invite us, Mike, and it'll be probably up in the, on the screen in the traditional words, but I'm going to invite us to sing it not just because he lives, I can face tomorrow, but to put we in. You with me? It's us too, as a congregation. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to pray either with somebody right next to you. If you're feeling in between, you know what the, the predicates on that are. If you're in between something and, and you're fearful and, and you're not sure about tomorrow, I want you to pray with your special person. Or you may want to come forward. As you think about this church and tomorrow and claim Jesus, claim his presence, claim his love, claim his power, claim his forgiveness, claim his salvation for this congregation and for the world, you may want to just come forward and stand here and offer yourself up to Christ to be a part of carrying on what our leaders before us shared with us in terms of the word of God and faith. Think of Dan, Sherry, others you may have known. And give yourself to Christ for today and tomorrow. The altar is open. Jesus is here. He always has been. He always will be. Let's trust him. Let's just stand. As we're singing, you can can break out of the singing and pray with your neighbor, whoever, or come forward.